this isn't one of those like he burned the boats, you know, tore it all down, said, screw it, you know, went into the office, turned the tables, made a big sting, gave everybody the uh, friendly finger and left. Very different. Uh, It's a very gradual process as uh, it's continuing to evolve uh, to this day. Hey, what's up, friends? I'm Vince Del Monte, father, husband, and the OG of online fitness marketing. For more than a decade, I've been committed to helping skinny guys pack on muscle. And after building multiple seven-figure online fitness businesses, I've achieved freedom and financial security through mentorship, hard work, and my passion for fitness. And I want to help you do the same. Recently, I've built the best mastermind coaching program that exists for fitness professionals by giving you the shortest no BS path to grow to six, seven, and even eight figures regardless of your starting level. My coaching was designed to give you the skills, systems, and support to become an industry mover and shaker and build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, welcome back, friends, to the Vince Del Monte podcast. We are interviewing my brother today, Adriano. What's up, man? Del Monte. And we are talking about why he's taken a leave from his teaching. I didn't think this day would ever happen. I didn't think this podcast would ever come to be. (laughs) We're going to hear the story from himself. And um, what's really neat about this conversation is that this isn't one of those, like, he burned the boats, you know, tore it all down, said, screw it, you know, went into the office, turned the tables, made a big sting, gave everybody the, uh, you know, friendly finger and left. <laughs> very different. It was a very, you know, it might be kind of what you might call boring. Uh, but I think what you're going to love about this story is that it's rooted in reality and might really resonate with your pathway from your career, from your job, which stands for just over broke. Uh, it's a very gradual process as uh, it's continuing to evolve uh, to this day. So we're going to break this conversation up into chapters, um, turning points, if you will. And, um, you know, first of all, Adrian, you know, you just got back from a camping trip with the boys and with Amy. How was it? Dude, we got to get you out again. We took you last year. It was epic. <laughs> well, well, we'll get me out again once every few years. No, you know what, though? the, the I, I'm getting a little more delicate in my age. Like, it was supposed to pour last night, and it did, and, and, and go real cold. And so we packed up about 12 hours early and came home. But Look at it's this okay. Guy. I'll edit that out. I'll, I'll edit that out. Don't worry. <laughs> so listen, guys, we're, we're going to break down the story of, you know, how Bedrock uh, came to be, how it's led to a point where even, you know, one of my neighbors said, so, so Adrian's making enough money to quit his job? You know, that's the best way to kind of sum it up in layman's terms. And uh, so, so that's pretty cool. I mean, I guess that makes sense. If he's making more money with Bedrock, he, he might as well quit his job. And I would love for us to just walk through these chapters, you know, share some high-level bullet points. Uh, this is specifically for anybody here who's got a passion for serving people, following their um, credibility, and um, building a business out of it. I mean, maybe you never even thought about doing that. Maybe you're doing it right now, and it's going a little slower than normal. Adrian, let's just start off with chapter one, like the first turning point. We'll call it inception. Where were we there? Yeah, let me just, before I do inception, um, I am not, you you, you have helped me, you know, work through the financial parts of these things, of, of making choices like this. I'm not making more money with Bedrock. Um, however, there's opportunity. And opportunity is something I think that all entrepreneurs, and I'm I'm slowly identifying myself as an entrepreneur, have to embrace. Like I had a I have a good safe job. Like teaching is a great safe job. 
there's there's but there's no opportunity i suppose financially in in a job like that and there's way more opportunity in entrepreneurship um so i just wanted to put that on the record um i'm right. i'm i'm pursuing there's a lot of signs of that this is a great choice but the big one that you can't put you know certainty on is the opportunity and and that to me is exciting you know at age 40 maybe it's my midlife crisis but uh it's certainly exciting to pursue opportunity yeah and you know your whole family's going through it kind of that amy's going back to school she's starting a new career and you guys are both giving yourselves opportunities to have bigger opportunities yeah. and i think yeah. most people just don't do that so you know where did this all start you know let's just take them back um you know to the starting point of yeah. this and what's kind of been the core ingredients of bedrock in this business. Yeah. So it, before the business idea started, I suppose, you know, you've always coached me, Vince, that the, the best thing you should do is sell what you know. And what we know really well is discipline works. People who live with discipline have better lives than when you live with, you know, when you're kind of slave to your emotion. We, we've, we've had discipline in our lives since we were little kids, like as runners, I mean, I remember in high school giving my backpack to my friend and say, take this home because we had to run home. You know how many times we did that? Like, and, and we would run, what, 12K home from high school? Or even before that, like I had a paper route. This is crazy to think about, Vince. I had a paper route for, I want to say 11 years, probably, yeah, probably from age eight to age 19, like, like 360 days a year. And like we just have always lived with discipline. So I don't know if, you know, we have proof that our 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 business works from the guys who have come through it the year this year. But but I always love the idea of helping people be more disciplined. I, I think we live in a world where it's so easy to not be disciplined, to just I mean, theoretically, you could stay on your couch and live. You don't have to even go out to buy groceries anymore. And so I just love the idea of helping men become more disciplined. But in terms of starting the business, dude, I never thought we were starting a business. I just thought like when we were this was about a year and a half ago, almost, yeah, about a year and a half ago when we did 75 hard together, you know, each morning I would wake up really early before we trained. I was just like writing down my thoughts on life. Like it is, it's better if you go to bed early. It's better if you wake up early. Uh, it's better if you work out daily. It's better if you control your eating. I was just kind of like writing my thoughts down, <laughs> um, you know, in a long form journal, let's call it, which became the first Bedrock Journal. But I was just like writing down the things that had made my life good. That's that that I suppose is like part one. It worked for me. Right. So that's the start of every great business. There's a passion around it and there's a credibility around it. And there's a need, a need for it. And which what we've discovered is a lot of men who want to be consistently good are not. They're occasionally great. <laughs> We kind of carved out that marketplace and that took some time to finesse that messaging, but we found that dads are really looking to be a consistently good dad in all areas of their life. So let's move on to chapter two. Um, was there a moment, you know, where you said, Hey, this, this, this may work or, um, Hey, maybe there's something here more than just hanging out, hanging out with my brother and making something cool and writing some cool stuff that could help a few cool people. Yeah. I would say two things. The first one was, you know, I, I kind of presented the journal to you in, in a more organized fashion. And you were like, okay, well, great. We'll get Matt to build a landing page. <laughs> Remember that Matt, Matt is our, Matt builds all our pages for us. And, and, and I was like, wait for what? And, and you're like, are you ready to go live? And at that moment I was like, okay, 
I either resist this guy because he's my brother and that's what I do because we're brothers, or I can see him as a business coach and, 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 and trust that he sees there's enough value in this that we could put it up for sale. So that was certainly a moment. The second moment was when Amy and I decided to actually come to your mastermind last year in Nashville. Mm. And that was a huge turning point. You know, just being in the room, I think the biggest thing for me, I, I was super intimidated. I didn't even, dude, in our first launch, we didn't even have social media. Like we had no social media. Um, or, well, I didn't at least. I'm the real story. Oh, you know, yeah. Well, the first time I heard someone say the word, Frank said it at, at in Nashville. He said, all your content should be reels. And I turned to Amy and said, oh, good. We're going to be okay here. We're real people. You know, I, I thought he had said the word like real. And of course he was saying, like Instagram real, Facebook real. So, you know, coming from there to where we are now is actually quite, quite, uh, you know, I, I, I'm quite proud of ourselves. Um, but I would say being in that room in Nashville with all these people who, you know, I was following from a distance, even guys like Bedros and, and Wes and the big name speakers. I actually remember Vince watching them come out on stage and saying to myself, there's nothing that special about these guys, except they've been doing this way longer than me. Like, I imagine if a first-year teacher watched me teach, I, I've taught for 16 years. That makes me, by Malcolm Gladwell's definition, an expert. They would be super intimidated, too. But there's nothing particularly you know, special aside from the fact that I have experience. And so watching them on the stage, I was like, the only thing that separates them from me is time. And if I'm willing to put in time and have a super supportive wife, <laughs> then then this will work. And I remember we left Nashville and, and Amy and I were both decided, okay, we're going to turn this actually into a business. Let's get on sales calls. Let's build these web pages um, and, and let's get it going. So that, that if there was a moment, it was at, it, it was in Nashville. You never told me that story. What did that conversation sound like? With Amy? Yeah. You know, I think, I think we're always, my wife has been supportive. What she saw in the program that we were proposing was something that would really help people who were really, really struggling post-pandemic. And the pandemic was really, really hard for a lot of families. Like it really tore families apart. Like yeah. all sorts of reasons. And when she saw like, okay, people who live with discipline, it will make them better so they can show up better for their families. She believed in that. Um, so she she was she was on board. But again, Vince, like you said at the beginning, it wasn't like a all right, Adrian, quit teaching tomorrow kind of thing, right? Yeah. I, I, st I still haven't quit teaching. I've taken a leave of absence. And so it's been, you know, measured, measured steps. But th the thing that I, w again, convinced Amy was that she believed in the thing that we were doing. I never once talked about, we could like 10X our income or like we could do this. Like none of that um, was on her mind. It was always about this thing could help parents and parents are struggling right now. So let's do it. All right. Amazing. So thanks for sharing that. We're on a chapter three now, turning point three. Um, we're going to call this one proof of concept. Talk to me about now the business is in motion. How did, how did this kind of, what kind of results did you see that are not lack of results, results that like what helped you start to see that you got something here? Yeah, I would say this humbly. But I think if you go through the whole year of bedrock, what we prove is that if you live with habit, your life will be better. Like every guy who's ever been frustrated with his body or his 
late nights or his food or his cell phone knows that if I could just get a handle on this thing, I would be better. I would show up better for my family. Um, I would show up better for myself. I'd show up better at work. And so if you go through the whole year and we tackle systematically your day, your body, your nutrition, your parenting, your mindset, the guys who come through right from day one, and you know, Vince, we might call it a renewal rate. We had a high renewal rate, I think because the guys were getting results. At the end of the year, we've sort of proved for the rest of my life, I'm going to live with habit. That doesn't mean they won't ever buy another program. Everybody needs like a boost now and then. Like, you know, my body's not responding to this training. I need to switch it up a little bit. I could switch up my morning routine here and there. But what what has convinced me that this is worth pursuing is that habit works. If you live with habit, strong habit, and some good solid accountability, you will achieve much more than you would achieve if you, you know, wing it, keep depending on these like big moments of commitment and that motivation usually fails. So I can just see the results. Like I can name the guys who have come through and said, I'm living this way. It's over. I'm living this way. My family is better. That's amazing. So that's huge. When yeah. you have proof of concept that the product that you're, that people need, you're solving a problem yeah. in a type of format that is different than most people's experiences with, you know, service-based businesses. So, yeah. you know, it's hard though, Vince, the, the hardest thing for me, and you and I have debated this a lot, proof of concept for our guys is not a before and after photo. Now, many of them got jacked throughout the program. That was like high on their list. And if you were to look at our social media, you can see a lot of them got in fantastic shape, myself included. But to showcase a man who went from unintentional and kind of feeling like purposeless to a man who's living with discipline and intentionality and consistency that's actually been a hard thing to show on Instagram. Like it's, we've had to do different things like podcast episodes or yeah, videos. It's, it's, a tricky, it's a tricky one to sell because a lot of guys, you know, look at the physical, the exterior and assume that if somebody's exterior is intact, that their interior is intact. Yeah. You can have a beautiful exterior and be so fucked up in, inside. Mm -hmm. It's not even funny. In fact, you could even argue that the more beautiful your exterior, the more effed up you are inside. And and I know that's been a struggle with Bedrock is, you know, a lot of brands will promote the opposite. Like, well, no, if, if you've got your exterior intact, then your whole life's going to be intact. It can be a starting line, but some people don't know how to do anything but the exterior. Yeah. Um, it's a different skill. So these guys have come to us saying, yeah, I want to look good in that, but it's not my number one goal which has been a bit of a wrestle and you can certainly do it all. But some guys are like, I'm okay with like a decent body. Cause you know, right now I'm not in a place where I want to put that extra time into the body or that it's just maybe not like what I'm committed to right now. And I think there's a little even guilt and shame from other voices saying that, no, you have to have it all. And could they build a bigger body, leaner body, you know, stronger body perhaps, but the guys really want to become better dads. Yeah, they do. And, and sometimes that does mean managing your fitness, getting your health and fitness intact, taking it to a level it's never been to before. But there are people out there that want more of a well-rounded life and not an obsessive, you know, one-dimensional, you know, output in one dimension. And, you know, again, not saying you can't do it all, but typically when you look at people who are the loudest, 
you'll see that one area of their life is a way more successful than other areas. Yeah. And this, and this isn't a limiting belief, like guys who say, you know, I don't want to go down below 10%. It's not a limiting belief if it's been an intentional choice. That's the thing we teach the guys. Like there's lots of guys who came through our final phase who said, okay, let's go strict calorie deficit. I'm going to prove to myself that I can do this thing. I'm going to prove that I can do hard things. They did it, but you, they're not going to live there because they're like cranks as, as fathers, right? And so they, they, that's actually our, our final four months. Prove something hard to yourself. Like do it, make it really, really hard, but I don't need to live here. And, and I think in, in our program, the proof of concept for me has been helping guys make commitments and then stick to them. And then when you stick to the plan, if you stick to the plan, you are so empowered as a father. And if the plan is to get to 8%, then we're going to 8%. If the plan is to get, you know, your bench press up to 255 pounds, then we're going to get to that. But it's helping guys say, I want to do this thing. And then whatever that thing is, not letting them off the hook when they say, oh, it's too hard now. Because that happens too, of course, even with the guys in our group. And so what the proof of concept, I suppose, this last year has been, Dude, you said you were going to do this thing. Now we have to do this thing. Love it. Chapter four. So we've nailed down proof of concept. We have now moved towards the next chapter, addressing challenges. Let's get real here. What have been some of the uh, toughest things for you to get to this point where you could get to a leave of absence decision? Just walk us through some of the high-level challenges, struggles along the way. Yeah. Number one has been messaging. How, how to communicate the process online. I think lots of people who are like great trainers in the gym and, you know, I, I would put myself in the category of a great father. That's I, I can confidently say that, but then like messaging, like how to say that on Instagram and on podcasts and on Facebook, that has been really, really, really hard. That's been a huge challenge here. Pro tip for you, Vince. This is a great one. Everyone should do this. If you're listening and you're an entrepreneur, do this. Message 10 people on your social media and invite them to a private Zoom call and ask them three questions. Um, ask them, what are your biggest challenges? Number two, what about the messaging on our page lands for you? And number three, um, what would you like to see more of from this page? You know, you'll probably get five people to show up have a 20-minute Zoom call with five people, you will get the best intel on how to communicate your message. If you're an entrepreneur, I did this like, I, I do this actually quite repeatedly and it's actually fantastic. It tells me exactly what guys want and I don't at the end like say, oh, well, by the way, do you want to buy this? Like, I don't do that. It's just like, thank you so much. So that's been a challenge, figuring out the message. Uh, second challenge has been the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur. You know, you you put you put your heart into a post, and you know I've had posts that get like twelve likes. I'm like, what do you do? What do you do with twelve likes? And like, you know, one's me, one's you, so we're down, one's Mikey, our brother, so I'm down to nine likes. So it's just like that up and down. And then other times you get fifteen thousand views on something, and so that up and downness has been has been difficult. Um, and I would say the final real challenge has been just how much there is to learn. Like, as an example, we've published four journals this year. And, you know, you can get people to do all of this for money, but we really wanted to keep the money close to home this year. And so, like, I learned how to 
design a cover for our journal, how to format the margins and the bleeds. <laughs> when you go to Amazon's KDP publishing, we haven't paid any money for uh, like someone to ship or to package. We've done it all ourselves, but we've had to learn it all. And that's been empowering to, to, you know, to not know how to do something. And then like you YouTube it and you say, okay, how does Amazon expect their PDFs to be before they'll ship them out for you? And you learn that skill and then you go and do it. And so, you know, it's been a challenge, all these things I didn't know, but to see how far we've come, that's actually has been really meaningful for me. One of the hardest things of being an entrepreneur is that you're pouring your heart and soul into your content. Yeah. And, and you know, this is supposed to be like your zone of genius, the stuff you're sharing and getting rejected around what is your core subject matter experience in life. You can take it quite personal, <laughs> but this, this business is very humbling and I think it really helps you just be honest with, all right, cool. This is uh, where we're at right now. This is a good message, but it's not landing the way it's supposed to have the impact I want. You've got to constantly be in a state of evolution. I think that's personally why you enjoyed it, Adrian, because you're you're always seeking growth opportunities and you've probably been starved by them being in a teaching profession. And there's constant challenges for you to overcome. Constant. Which is hourly, like hourly, you're, you're, you're right. constantly being like, what the heck? This doesn't work. Wait, where's this guy? This guy isn't engaging. We're like, it's constant. It's constant, constant, constant. <laughs> you're, you're, you're on a constant learning curve. Yeah. So this brings us to chapter uh, five, turning point number five. Uh, what gave you the confidence to make this decision to put in a leave of absence at your school? Um, how was it received and how are you feeling about it? Yeah, th th that's a great question. Um, this is a process. I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm not burning any bridges here. I, I've put in a short-term leave of absence because of, you know, the opportunity to grow. Um, I would say two big things have really helped me. Number one has been, it works. Like I know it's helping guys. I, I know it's at, like guys are messaging and saying like, Oh my God, like this, like my marriage is better. Like, and, and you know, what's so funny, Vince, when we started, I set two short-term goals for myself. Number one was, you know, to not have to take on any extra debt last year when my wife was in full-time school and to help a few guys. And so if Bedrock stopped like today, I've, I've, I've achieved my A plus goal. So, you know, like I, I know that we've helped men. Like I, I know, and I know I've helped my family. So, so that drives me to move forward. Number two has been just the incredible people I've met through your network. You know, guys like, like guys like Kevin and other guys I podcast with, just these great guys who are who are similarly trying to grow things and we kind of do it together. And and you know, we've we've looked at you as like kind of a grandfather or a father figure, someone who's walked the path and continues to like believe in us and support us. And so that has been huge, just like knowing that I've got some good solid people. But I, I would say like the number one reason that I'm able to kind of make the move is my wife. Um, just like believes in me. Like she, she believes that if we work hard, we will achieve good things in the world. If we put good into the world, good will return to us. And, and Amy just, she just believes that I'm not doing this to make big money. I would like to make money. I'm not, I'm not trying to undermine that in any way. That's not like a reverse psychology. We do need to pay bills and we do have dreams for our own kids that are expensive, I suppose. But Amy just believes in me. And when you have people who believe in you, um, this sounds so cliche, but it's true.
Like when, when, when people believe in you, you really can keep pushing forward when you feel like you, you you're, you're, you're kind of done. So yeah, man, that's, that's exciting. Oh, and, and how has it been received? To be honest, most of my colleagues are on summer holidays. So there hasn't been a huge response. I suppose one of the things that's been a little disheartening when you, when you make, when you commit yourself, you know, to something I was in, I've been in teaching for 16 years. You kind of hope that everybody is going to throw you a party when you walk away. And that's just not how it goes. <laughs> like it's just people, they'll, they'll have a new teacher in the classroom for me on Monday. Ground yourself, not in like, I wonder what they'll say about me. You have to ground yourself in how will my actions right now serve my family, regardless of whatever people say about me. And so that's, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Great. Man. I appreciate all the honesty. Appreciate your journey, man. And uh, it's been really neat to see. I know you're making massive impact leading the charge. Um, I really believe in Bedrock too. And it is an incredible program, unlike anything else out there. I mean, Journal 2 in itself. I mean, I got it right here. It changed my life. Like uh, for those listening, you know, this journal changed my life. Men of Bedrock 2, Phase 2, Peak 2. Um, thoughts about today. Grateful for today's three wins. Tomorrow's big three. Uh, focusing on filling the kids' tanks, loving your spouse, um, no phone zones. Like these, these habits truly will change who you are. And um, if, if you're looking to live an intentional life, purpose-driven life, and, and really need the, the the tactical, practical support in actually doing all this motivational stuff you hear people talk about, you need a, an accountability group. Like there's no other way to do it. You need support. Yeah, it's too That's hard. Right. It's too hard. Best and it just, it's just, it's just, it is too hard. And when you try and carry things, uh, Furtick had a great line this weekend at, uh, at church at Elevation. And he said, um, you know, when you try harder and harder and harder, things just get heavier and heavier and heavier. And often what we need to do is shift from trying harder to trying higher. Trying higher is tapping into God, tapping into your inner self, tapping into others. And that's typically where we don't go. So, um, Adrian, give me a final thought and we'll wrap up. Yeah, I just want to say to entrepreneurs listening, I have huge respect for you guys. I've probably been too judgmental, Vince, over the years because I'm in a career that there's no risk. With no risk, there's no reward. That said, risk is scary. And Amy says, I've never slept as poorly as I have is in the last year because there's so much uncertainty about what's going to happen. Um, it's just like, it's just, just up and down. And so if you're Thomas phrase, it, yeah, if you're an entrepreneur, well done, man, you are, you are walking a path that most people will never, ever walk because it's just, they wouldn't even consider it. They haven't like looked at it and turned away. They just wouldn't consider it because it's so incredibly difficult. And, you know, walking the last year and a half, this path has given me a bit of a glimpse. So applause and kudos to all those entrepreneurs out there. Applaud to you, brother, for leading the charge. And uh, charging Dude, you, you've done it 17 years. I don't know how the hell you do it. <laughs> yeah, man, that's why they call me the OG. <laughs> Yo, that's exactly right. Godfather, man. I like to take care of people, but uh, another conversation for another day. So, hey, where can people learn more about Men of Bedrock? Yeah, we open officially our next opening September, uh, September 19th. So, they could just head to Instagram, Men of Bedrock, um, or Men of Bedrock.com. And you find everything you need there. Hit up Adrian on the DM. If you got any questions about joining, if you're a female listening, uh, 
take a look, have your husband reach out, get him involved, get your boyfriend involved. It's only going to make your life more peaceful, intentional, purposeful, a lot more stability, less chaos. This is truly a transformative program. So if you guys got value out of this, uh, tag me and Adrian at Vince Del Monte at men of bedrock. That's your price to listen for free, pay it forward, share the good word. And we appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in and we will see you next time. Ciao.